Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you for joining us again today on the program, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us every week at the same time. If you're enjoying our program, please tell your friends about us and uh, share these on your Facebook page or uh, or just, just tell some folks about it. It helps us get the word out. Uh, I want to say that we've been teaching uh, so for several months now on the book of Hebrews, and for almost two months now, uh, Jeremy and I have been on the set together. This is my oldest son, Jeremy. He is the pastor of a great church in Winchester, Virginia called Word That Frees. They meet at a restaurant called Sweet Nola's in Winchester, Virginia. There will be some information on the screen how to contact him and, and the location of their meetings, and you would be blessed to go by one of their services. It's great to have you on the program, Jeremy. Always good to be here. We always, the magic mm -hmm. is there when we're on, and it's just like uh, back and forth, just such an easy conversation. We've been in Hebrews 12. We're going to go back there today. Let me say quickly that if you missed any yet, go to our YouTube channel or go to our website at linhouse.com. There's direct links there to our YouTube channel, which has everything archived that we've shared to date there. Also, we have an iTunes podcast. There's an icon up there that looks like the iTunes icon. If you click on that, it'll take you directly to our podcast where you can download or listen to it streaming in your car. There's also a little robot-looking thing that looks is for Android, and you can get this message in so many ways delivered to you. I'm not going to take a long time introducing all of that today because there's a lot of ground I want to cover today. We're going to go back to Hebrews 12. We've been talking uh, about in Hebrews 12. I'm not even going to. Uh, I'm not even going to read the whole chapter this time, because I really want to deal with this whole thing about inheritance and birthright. Mm -hmm. But verse 15 of Hebrews 12 says, "Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and trouble you, and thereby many be defiled." lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Before I forget to say this, I want to say this. This word repentance here uh, means to change your mind. This, this, has not, this is not dealing with the fact that you, you get saved or not saved. Mm -hmm. What this is talking about is he found no place to change his mind or repent about losing the birthright. Because once the birthright, you know, was given away, it was given away. Yeah. And it says, and that, but right on the heels it says, for you know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. For you are not come to the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake, but you are come to Mount Zion, but you are come to Mount Zion and under the city of the living God, and the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, and to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, 
which are written in heaven to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. And you've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not or refused him that spake on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who's talking from heaven? That part of it will be another portion. I want to talk about inheritance. I, I, I always thought when I would read this, that especially about Esau, it looks like it throws him in the middle of this mix. And it's almost you think that chapter 12 is two different chapters. Because it starts out by saying every son that he receives, he chastens. And the chastening we've already dealt with in prior segments was a reminder that they're sons and not servants. That we look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. We're looking away from an old covenant slave mindset, servant. We've laid aside the sin, which means to miss the mark. Mm -hmm. We've laid aside the way to performance religion, and we're looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. And he's talking about an inheritance that was about to come, an heir. And you know, let me, uh, let me pull up a few notes that I had from, uh, but I, I started looking at some of this stuff about inheritance, and I, I wanted to just mention a few things uh, that I believe is part of our inheritance. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 said, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and it will be through your, you that all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, what I want to do is show you the progression of this biblical revelation mm -hmm. that the seed, uh, that the, you know, the nation's being blessed, that this promise was not to a political national group of people. It was given to the seed, which is Christ. Yep. Galatians chapter 3 says that the promise was made not to seeds as of many, but the promise was made to one seed, and that seed was Christ. So all the promises, Jesus didn't come to give more promises. He came to deliver on the promises that were already given. He is the fulfillment of the promise that God made to Abraham. The promise that in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed is not to an ethnic geopolitical people in the Middle East. It was given to Christ. People accuse us of, and say, well, you are preaching replacement theology. We are not preaching replacement theology. They are preaching replacement theology when they say that natural Israel replaced Jesus because Jesus is the seed to whom the promise was made and always was the seed to whom the promise was made. That when God made promise to Abraham, you know, these promises that they're now receiving inheritance, it was given to that one seed, which yeah. was Christ. And if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. And Abraham's seed was always the children of God by faith. That's why Jesus would look at even natural Jews in the book of Matthew and say, if you were Abraham's seed, you would believe. Yeah. <clears throat> Now they had opportunity to the same access to the covenants of promise, but many of these Jews forfeited their inheritance, which was in Christ, the seed that would come. They rejected their inheritance. And they were the ones to whom was about to turn away, and they were about to lose the birthright, which was given to the firstborn. As a matter of fact, and let me just uh, continue to unpack this a little bit, but matter of fact, the new covenant was made with the house of Israel. And I'm going to show you in a few minutes that Israel 
is not just a nation, it was Jesus. Out of Egypt have I called my son, and Israel was my firstborn, and Jesus was the firstborn. He is the true Israel of God. But if we are Christ's, he said, He didn't give this promise to seeds as of many, but one seed, and to thy seed which is Christ. And if you be Christ, talking about us, all the community of faith, then you're Abraham's seed, and you're heirs according to the promise. That's not replacement theology, that's placement theology. A we were placed example, in Christ. A good example as well is that one of the promises that God made to David is that your seed yep. will forever sit on the throne. Well, there's not a natural seed of David that's sitting on a throne somewhere yep. over in Israel. But we know that to be that Jesus he is, was the fulfillment Jesus of the Davidic promise of that covenant and of that promise that Jesus is the seed yep. that's forever sitting on the throne of David, ruling and reigning. And so you know we don't look at that as from a natural perspective. We see that from a, a, the spiritual perspective now. We know that to be Christ. So you know why why is it that when we look at other things we we have a different yep. point of view that seeing that Jesus was the fulfillment of that seed, he's also the fulfillment of this seed. Yep. Uh, you know that through Him all nations of the world are blessed. Are I mean, blessed. that's how we get our our blessing doesn't come yep. from a natural seed. Yep. Our, our, our blessings come from the spiritual seed, which is Christ. Absolutely. Let me, let me show you these comparisons. Here's the progression of biblical revelation regarding the promise that was recorded in, in Genesis 12.3. Uh, it was first made by God to Abraham alone. It will be through you, Abraham, that all the families of the earth will be blessed. It was repeated again in Genesis 22:18, and this time expanded to include his offspring. And through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. But then in Acts chapter 3, verse 25 and 26, the apostle Peter, speaking to a Jewish crowd in Jerusalem, is clear in identifying Abraham's offspring and the means of the blessing for the nations. He says this in, in, in again, Acts chapter 3, verse 25, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all the people of the earth will be blessed. When God raised up His servant, talk about Jesus, when God raised up His servant, He sent Him first to bless you by turning each one of you from your wicked ways. It was Jesus who is Abraham's offspring who was sent first of all to bless the nations, but sent first to the nation of Israel to bless the nation, beginning with the proclamation of the gospel to the Jews in the first century. The Apostle Paul then in Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 and 8 declared that Jesus and His followers are Abraham's offspring too. He says, understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. He's talking about including, this was not replaced, but this was his original plan. Yep. He said, and, and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, all nations will be blessed through you. According to the terms laid out, you know, this covenant, we see that uh, uh, what God does is he, ins he wrapped up, He put all of this, you know, this inheritance in Christ. Let me, let me just uh, look, look down through my notes some of this. It's, uh, it, it says, the promises were spoken to Abraham. This is uh, uh, Galatians 3 verse 16. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but to 
your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. I mean, that's pretty clear. You read it in all kinds of translations, and it tells you that that seed, that would be the, the, so the blessing, I'll bless them that bless you, curse them that curse you, is not talking about an ethnic people. It's mm-hmm. talking about them that are in Abraham's seed, which is Christ. It yeah. was always that way. This was always what it was put into. Jesus is uh, singularly the recipient of all God's promises, and He extends those promises to His followers, or to His followers in verse 29, who are all one in Him, regardless of their ethnic background or their social status or their gender, because it says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave or free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ, and if you are Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. That's Galatians 3, verse 28 and 29. Let's just see, it says, you know, uh, it says, does, does, does Paul leave any room for those who are outside of Christ to be heirs of the promise? The answer to that is no, he doesn't. He does it not even for the Jews who are outside of Christ, neither did Peter in Acts chapter 3, verse 23 that I just read, and then Matthew chapter 8, verse 10 through 12, Matthew 12, verse 43, and John 8, 31 through 47 says that all, in Christ all of God's promises are yes and amen, but if you're not in Christ, what are they outside of Christ? Meaningless and void. In other words, all the promises are in Christ. Mm-hmm. The inheritance is in Him. They're about to miss their birthright because the birthright is not in the ethnicity of it. The birthright is looking to Jesus, who is the promised land, who is the better promise, who is the seed of David, who is the fulfillment of all these prophetic promises. It all pointed to Him. We didn't replace anybody. We were placed in somebody. It says, let me me just uh, go down through this again, and and there's several things here that I want to bring out. It says, Consider also that the, the, what the Apostle Paul said to the Romans church, church, the Roman church, a person is not a Jew who is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is the circumcision of the heart by the Spirit. Romans 2 verse 28 and 29 says, For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. Now that's pretty clear. Not, they're not all Israel. Not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the offspring. That's Romans 9, verse 6 and 8. That's pretty clear to me. Then, you know, uh, the, he goes on to tell us in Galatians chapter 6 that the church is Israel, that is, it's the real Israel of God in chapter 6. It's, but, but the church is only the Israel of God because Jesus is the true Israel. Mm-hmm. And we belong to Christ and are made one with Him. That's why we're heirs according to the same promise. If Jesus is not Israel, then God made this new covenant with an ethnic bunch of people, and we're excluded from that covenant promise. But I'm not going to miss my inheritance. I'm not giving my inheritance away. I know I'm part of the Israel of God. I know I'm Abraham's seed. I know I am because of my faith. It said one more uh, example. As we look at how Matthew takes what was once said about the nation of Israel, the book of Matthew, and he applies it to Jesus. 
Then finally we look at how Peter takes what was once said about the nation of Israel and applies it to the church. Look, look at this. In Exodus 4.22 it says, God instructed Moses to say to Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. Then in Hosea 11, verse 1 through 2 we read, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went their own way, and kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. They were for forsaking or forfeiting, you know, their inheritance. And who is Israel in the Old Testament text? Clearly it's the ancient nation known as Israel, which was finally destroyed by the Romans in A.D. 70. Yet look at how Matthew treats the same, he takes the same exact verse from there, and this is how the book of Matthew takes that same exact statement and applies it differently. He says, to just set the background, you know, an angel is warning Joseph and his family because Herod is about to kill all of the babies from two years old and younger. And he's being warned of God in a dream, and the, fa the father of Jesus, and he's being warned to flee to Egypt with his family because Herod would seek to destroy the young child. It says, and this is Matthew chapter 2, verse 14 through 15, it says, And he, Joseph, rose and took the child, Jesus, and his mother by night, and departed to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill. Now watch this. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt have I called my son. So the pointing forward was still a pointing, you know, the very scripture that he quotes about a national people in the Old Covenant context is now found its fulfillment in the real Israel of God, which was Egypt, because out of Egypt have I called my son. We saw some of this when we were talking about, uh, when I was talking about Matthew chapter 3, you know, where uh, Jesus comes up out of the river Jordan, uh, just like the children of Israel came out of Egypt, Jesus comes up out of Egypt. Just like in Egypt, firstborn, you know, were being killed by Pharaoh, in the New Testament, the firstborn being killed by Herod. And then you see Jesus, you see the children of Israel come up out of the wilderness, spend 40 years in the wilderness. You see Jesus come up out of the river Jordan and spend 40 days in the wilderness, mm -hmm. being tempted of the devil. Jesus spends 40 days. They spent 40 years. When the children of Israel came up out of Egypt, after four, uh, when they came up out of the Jordan River, not Jordan River, when they came up out of the Red Sea, God gave them the law. When Jesus comes up out of the Jordan River after 40 days, He gives the Beatitudes, which is the message of the gospel of the kingdom being available to you. I mean, Israel is my firstborn. The firstborn very clearly here because of Matthew 2, verse 14 and 15, out of Israel have I called my son. And He points directly and said this was, was to fulfill what the Lord had, this was the fulfillment that the Lord had spoken through the prophet Hosea saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. And says, uh, so, so, you know, what it does is in verse, you know, in this text it shows by strong implication that Jesus is the true Israel of God. So the new covenant was made with Jesus, who is the true Israel of God. That was a covenant between the Father and the Son, and you and I are included into that covenant 
because we're in Christ. That's why in Christ, all of God, am I making sense to mm-hmm. you? Are all of God's promises are yes and amen. So that's why we can stand in the promise and not give up our inheritance. That's what he's admonishing these Hebrews. Don't go back to Judaism because it's not connected to this physical building. Yeah. It's not connected to this physical piece of real estate. It's connected to Christ. And, and it goes, let me just make a, a few more comparisons. It says, com- compare what Moses spoke to the people of Israel in Exodus 19 verse 3, to what Peter said was the true church. It's impossible to miss the kind of parallel of this language here. Yeah. But to ancient Israel, to the ancient natural nation of Israel, this is what Moses said in Exodus 19. Now therefore I will, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be a treasured possession among all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That's Exodus 19 verse 5 and 6. But here's Peter quoting this in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, to the church. This is what he's saying to the church. He said, but you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a peculiar people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For once you were not a people, but now you are indeed the people of God. Peter leaves no doubt that Christ's believers and his followers are chosen for the same purpose for which the nation of Israel was once chosen. I'm convinced that while the nation of Israel could have inherited the promise, which was Christ. See, you know, I, I, I don't want to make nobody mad, but you've got folk right now who would give up their inheritance in a minute to go to the Middle East somewhere, and rebuild a physical temple, and go back to Judaism and offer up a sacrifice. That's what the writer of Hebrews is warning against. Do not miss the mark on purpose, and go back to Judaism and forfeit your birthright. Because it's not about a a building in the Middle East. As a matter of fact, there would be peace in the Middle East if we could see that God had brought both Jew and Gentile together in Christ into this promised land and broke down the middle wall of petition made out of twain one new man. It would make peace. Bad theology creates war. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is that so, see, some would, some would forfeit their, their inheritance and go back to that when in reality uh, you know, the inheritance is in Christ, and He is our promise. And God called us, I believe, just like He did the nation of Israel, to be a priesthood to reach out to the nations and to minister to them. The inheritance belongs to us. You know, the Scripture says Jesus is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. And the thing is, we watch what happens in this one area. We're still waiting for the prophecies to be fulfilled. That were already fulfilled. That were already fulfilled. Again, instead of looking unto Jesus, Yep. the author and finisher of our faith, rather than looking to Jesus, who is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. So seeing that Jesus is the fulfillment of that. So if we're still looking over there to see some kind of prophecy fulfilled, we're looking in the wrong place. And a lot of time, and, and it's rot, and here's the it's robbing us of our inheritance. That's it. It's robbing us of heaven on earth. Because here's the thing, if we begin to really see Jesus as the fulfillment, we stop looking for it to be fulfilled in our day over there and see it as something that has already been finished, it's already been fulfilled. What will happen is we really can come together in a unity uh, in this world and begin to see heaven begin to manifest. I, like, I, you know, not only is it robbing individuals of their inheritance, it's really robbing the sons of God from their inheritance as long as we're looking for something else. 
and see it, yep. instead of seeing it as fulfilled. Yep. You know, God is not looking to go back to that old covenant. He was He was so thorough in making sure that thing was 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 done, was completely filled. In other words, here's the thing: there is no, there, there's not a priesthood of Aaron. So you build a temple over there. There's no priesthood of Aaron to go and make the sacrifices that were required. There's no, you can't find the true seed of David to, to, to put a king on the throne. The only thing we can find is Christ. Mm -hmm. So either our mindset has to be put back onto Christ and see this stuff as fulfilled, or we're going to continue to look for a lie that's never going to happen. Yep. You know, and, and we're going to continue to sell our, our inheritance. Yep. For a morsel of meat that's not that's not the true inheritance you know in other words here, here's what uh like you said jacob had to put the the the, the lamb skin on mm -hmm. what we have to do is if we want the inheritance if we want to see it fulfilled we have to begin to put the lamb skin yep. or we've got to put on the nature of christ yep. and begin to see this is he is the fulfillment of all the law and all the prophets there is not a prophecy yet to be fulfilled he that he's not he was the fulfillment of it all we get our mind again Come to a repentance. Yep. Esau didn't find no. He place calls of him repentance. a fornicator. Yep. For, yeah, go ahead. He didn't find no place of repentance because he, he his mind was not in the right place. Mm -mm. But if you we how we find our repentance, we put our mind, we change our mind to Christ. Yep, that's it. You know, it, it, looking it, away to Jesus. Looking away to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Put our sights on Him as the fulfillment of all these things, and we'll see the promises of God really manifest the earth. All the things we're waiting on. Is not because God has delayed His coming. It's because our our minds are not in the right place. Our eyes are not on the right thing. Yeah, we're looking in the wrong direction. If if you, if, if if God seems like He's delayed in His coming, it's simply because your mind is not in the right place. But you begin to change your mind. There begins to be a repentance, and we put our eyes on Jesus. We'll begin to see that Jesus has not delayed His coming. Jesus is here. Yep. He's not waiting to be king. He's king right yeah. now. He's not waiting to 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 to, to rule and reign. He, it's 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 true of him right now. He's not waiting, you know. He's he's here. He's available. It's like he's not waiting to bless the nation. He's not waiting to bless the nations. The blessings of the Lord are yes and amen. They're yeah. available to us right <laughs> now. It's just a simple, it's a simple mind change. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing that we are still this far into the new covenant and this far in to all the promises of God, and yet it is not. We're still waiting on something to be fulfilled that's already done. You know, we, 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 we quote all the time, Jesus said it is finished. It is finished. But the truth of the matter is, we're still believing a lie that says it's not. We're still waiting on something. There's yeah. still something yet to be done yeah, yeah. rather than seeing that Jesus is the fulfillment and the completion yeah. of everything we're waiting on. Yeah. And if we put our eyes on him, yeah. our faith, if he becomes our faith, all the things that we're waiting and hoping for become fulfilled in him. Yeah. You know, it, it, it just a simple, again, it's just a simple mind change. Yep. And it's the simplicity, I think it's the simplicity that trips us up because yep. we think it's got to be complicated rather than really seeing that, man, Jesus really is the fulfillment of all those things. Yep. Well, we're about to run out of time. But, uh, you, you know, my thing is simply this. You can give away your inheritance if you want to. You can sell it and go back to that natural mindset. I think I've brought a clear evidence that the inheritance and the heir is Christ and that we are joint heirs with Him. 
If you want to give away your inheritance to an ethnic people, that's up to you. Now, I'm not saying God excludes Jews. I'm just saying the only way in is through the blood of Jesus. Romans talks about that natural branch being grafted back in, but the point there is the, 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 is the vine, not the branches, and the vine is Christ. Whether you're a Jew or Gentile, you have to be born again. That's the only way into the covenants of promise. We're about to run out of time. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website. There's a place where you can give via credit card, or there's an address and a place where you can write to send a check. If you would like to become a partner, all you have to do is set up a monthly debit right there that would take the same amount out of your credit card or debit card every month. You can call the number on the screen for help with that if you need it. God bless you. Thanks for joining in again this week. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.